0: TalkZone.com Welcome to the two
2: guys in a mic show, Friday version of the talkzone.com, sports talk show here, and as we've been talking about all week, it's our first Friday in a long, long time where it is not a football Friday, and that, uh, that feels weird. We can't play beat the schmoes, can't make our football predictions, we can't break down the offensive lineman and uh, Joel for the first time in a long time on a Friday will not be doing the entire show at a three-point stance big dog how does it feel to be standing up once again
1: Uh, coach I feel much better if I be lying down and I'm not lying (laughs)
2: Uh, oh rough night last night or just uh, in general
1: uh, no, just just uh, I've been doing a lot of walking this is the best thing that I can say to you.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, very, very good. Speaking of that, David Olson, I don't know if you saw this story or not. Speaking of three-point stands, doing a lot of walking on all fours, twos, or threes. And the big dog will mix it up on occasion. He will uh, use all of his limbs or sometimes none. Did you read about the gorilla? And I forget which zoo it is in that apparently has mastered walking two-footed. And they say it's a way of like... uh pandering to the crowd and also intimidating his fellow gorillas and maybe uh, impressing the ladies a little bit as well.
0: I d- was not aware of that. Yeah.
1: Check uh, that out. The he, two. He's he's huh? also perfected wearing the number 90 <laughs> for the Green Bay Packers and chasing around bare quarterbacks and intercepting them.
2: <laughs> not the same person.
1: Oh, oh, it isn't? Not
2: the same person, although if this gorilla keeps it up, he could be a mid, they say, mid-first-round pick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he still has a little trouble picking up the defensive schemes and also containing the outside rush.
1: Yeah, He also has a little bit of character issues. Yeah, No, actually not.
2: They say that's a strength.
1: No sure character
2: guy. issues at all.
1: they will only uh, swing on a vine of a temp plant, though, Coach. That
2: could be a problem. They'll have to change the clubhouse a little bit, change the locker room a little bit. And I do worry, once he starts hanging around with the pro athletes on Friday and Saturday nights, Big dog. there's no telling what could happen to the gorilla.
1: Yeah, you know he's
0: going to make it rain. <laughs> I'm watching the video of this thing now. Oh, it's you're hysterical.
2: It's on the Where is this gorilla from?
0: It's in the United Kingdom.
2: The United Kingdom?
0: Yes. Oh, I no, that's disappointing. It, 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 yeah, somewhere in oh, Great
2: Britain. See, presence. I thought it was one of our very own United States gorillas. Big dog, how do you like that? A famous gorilla? And he's outside the continental United States.
1: Well, well something tells me he's probably not originally from uh, the United States or Great Britain. Probably yeah. either Southern Asia or Africa. Just throwing it out there.
2: I bet, uh, I bet he grew up in Philadelphia, on the streets of Philadelphia.
1: <laughs>
2: that, that's what Bruce Springsteen was thinking about. Oh, goodness. Big Dog, great to talk to you. It's a, a non-football Friday. we got lots to talk about. We want to get off the sports page. i got environmental issues, political issues, sec- national security issues to go over with you. And, of course, uh, some college basketball, NBA. And uh, let us not forget the uh, Tiger in the Desert this weekend is the Dubai Classic has begun yesterday. Uh, yeah,
1: it's like 100 degrees out there. It's January or February ridiculous
2: you know what that sounds good right now <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll probably
2: uh, a couple hours there would be a little bit hot but uh after you know 34 consecutive days of 20 and below and looking at all the snow right now being a reporter for the dubai classic the tiger in the desert uh, golf tournament not such a bad thing
1: yeah it sounds pretty good right now coach yeah
2: yeah well yesterday we were going to send you to iraq and cover the war i forgot what was the scheme that we had well there was there was a there was a hook to it but i can't remember
1: well, we're gonna. We need a cameraman. Yeah, and you and, would. You know, I'm willing to do a coach. So, if anybody out yeah. there listening, if you coaches will send us in lieu of the morning break. And heck, I'll even I'll be more than happy to actually set up Skype and 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 do the show every single day, you know, on camera if but we get that done.
2: The other problem, though, that uh, our uh, assistant engineer Frank faulty wires informed us is that you'll need a passport, and it's hard to get a passport without a driver's license.
1: I have a passport. Really. I've been out of the country before, Coach, many times.
2: And they let you back in?
1: Yes. Let me see. Uh, I uh, was almost—I almost married a Swahili princess. <laughs> key word. Key word is almost. Yes. Okay. That the the wedding ceremony was pretty good, but then uh-huh. somebody tried to uh, stick a plate in the, you, somewhere, and the, the plate was too big.
2: <laughs> Were you paying full price, or did you have coupons?
1: Oh no, they flew me out there, Coach. Really? Yeah, they flew me out there.
2: Really? I heard Swahili is nice this time of year.
1: Oh, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous, coach.
2: <laughs> the sad thing is, I, I'm not sure Big Dog is kidding about that, by the way. He could very well be, be true about that. But, um, now on the passport, Big Dog, there's a little thing. I believe it is in the upper right hand corner. I don't want to destroy all your hopes and aspiration. I believe it's called an expiration date. Have you checked that lately?
1: Yeah, it's fine. I got it. I got it for, it's really? good until November of, of next year. So just, and I had no intention to be, there for more than a year coach mm-hmm. a couple of it's a good footage for about a month or so we can get the okay. heck out of there
2: all right so we got to send you by november of this year or next year
1: no but november of this year because Whoa. uh it's november uh right. of 2012 is when it runs out
2: okay so time is a time is a waste and we have to talk to our general manager the man who uh controls the purse strings here And boy does he control them with a tight fist uh the commander-in-chief general manager chris Whitting, we're gonna have to get on that immediately because uh paperwork to fill out november is rapidly approaching us big Dad. don't kid yourself
1: uh well that the whole cubs season is in between that coach uh mm-hmm. the, the bears draft uh, illinois beating michigan and all and, and all those other things. there's a yep. lot to go between november
2: yep 82 days by the way until the 123rd running of the kentucky derby let us not forget that
1: is it the 123rd you just make up numbers sometimes i worry about you coach. i do
2: I do. You don't have to worry about me, though. I just like making up numbers. Would it, would it make a difference? See if it was actually the hundred and twenty ninth.
1: No, well, I, I I do like to know the exact date uh-huh. because uh, I, right. I do like to be a bit of a historian.
2: Well, I'll try. I'll try to be accurate. But you're 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 beginning to remind me of like my pain in the ass English teachers that I used to have, where I would write. I'm a decent writer. Okay, I can put thought down. I think I've got some fairly good creative thought. I'm a lousy speller and lousy in grammar, and they would criticize me for, you know, a colon here, a comma there, a capital, a. like, who cares?
1: Firstly, no, I do, Coach. Well, you shouldn't. No, no, I should. Because, first no, of all, should. I don't want your colon anywhere near me, okay?
2: <laughs> How about my it, semicolon?
1: It was, uh, even that, okay? And, uh, by, by the way, be a real man, get a real colon, okay, not no semicolon. And, and secondly, if you write, you can write something totally wrong, that means something totally else by miss putting a, like a apostrophe in the wrong spot or not putting one and all yep. other kinds of stuff. So your English teachers were looking out for you. Wait,
2: wait, wait. Okay? Go back to that last statement. You, you, so you're saying a, a slip-up of a grammar thing can change the meaning, the meaning of something? The meaning of
1: a whole sentence. Uh, the not often. Of sentence.
2: I would argue with you on that. Not not very often.
1: But still, your English teachers, that's their job, okay, and they were looking no, out no, for you. I would disagree. It's not their job. Yes, because it is. It is their job to teach you proper English. That's well, their job. English nope. teacher. Nope. Not, hey, come in and write some papers, and I'll pat you on the back and send you on your way.
2: I'm sorry. Uh, let me throw the phone number out. We got any educators out there, would-be educators? You got some thoughts off the sports page here, 888-463? Phone number's not in front of me. What is it, 6748? I got that right? Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Big Dog, I would argue uh, right now the English teacher I would want for my kids or if I were back in school would be the English teacher who would uh, uh, promote creative thought and getting your thoughts down on paper where they make sense and you can communicate. And I'm not saying totally forget grammar, but de-emphasize the importance of the comma, the apostrophe, or the semicolon if it's readable. And it makes sense that's what counts, not if the apostrophe is before the S or after the S. Who the hell cares?
1: Uh, uh, people people do care, Coach, and I care. And well, by the way, I couldn't agree more that we should have more creative thought in the world. Yes. But the point is, in this text message society, okay, a lot of there are people, I, I saw something the other that I just laughed about. It. it was a kid handed in a paper and he wrote it in text message form, okay, and the kid <laughs> had no clue what was wrong with it. Uh-huh. I think there needs to be some point of, like, you know, this is the proper way to actually write. And doesn't mean that you can't think creatively by actually having to use your brain and figure out mm-hmm. how to write properly, Coach. Not- you know what? Luckily, I had teachers who cared because now I can write with perfect grammar, okay, perfectly. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I don't ever make a mistake, but generally it's it's well, perfect. And who cares, when I was, in, when I was a, a sophomore in high school, I couldn't do that, Coach.
2: But but no. you're taking like you're taking some pride in the fact that you can write a paper, not a well written paper, but what you said is that I can write a paper with perfect grammar. Who yeah, cares? You, I think you've got your you pride.
1: I can't write creative stuff. Did you read any of the stuff? I no, put no no out no no no. I didn't say that. What what what
2: what bothered me about your statement is you were all proud of yourself because you could write a paper with perfect grammar. Who the hell yeah, cares yeah, I, about I do. the perfect I, I do grammar? Care. Why?
1: Because if I ever want to get a job as a writer, they're not going to take somebody that. Miss spells a bunch of words. I guess spelling doesn't matter anymore because you have a computer who does that for you. But there's there's a lot to be said for somebody that actually knows how to put their actual thoughts down properly on a piece of paper.
2: Now that I agree with. That I completely agree. Put your thoughts down properly. Now that doesn't include the possible misuse of a period or a semicolon or an apostrophe. If you were an editor, big dog. I had a
1: girlfriend who once misused the use of a period. Uh oh. Uh oh. Talk about it. That can be a problem. Yeah, talk about uh, Just testing you. Yeah, I had you a doctor. Saying, Coach?
2: I had a doctor who confused, uh, who did get mixed up between the colon and the semicolon. That wasn't good either.
1: I, I'm sure your dangling participle wasn't very happy about it either. Coach. Not at all.
2: Not at all. Wow, this is a subject, David Olson, that me and the big dog get onto. It's one of my pet peeves.
1: Well, coming from a guy who yeah. basically could not spell or write with proper English, and had English teachers. Pound me, okay. Now all of a sudden I want to write, so I went from a guy who didn't want to write to all of a sudden I started like understanding the principles of English, and then the next mm-hmm. thing you know, all of a sudden I was like, hey, you know, this is awfully good. Now, then I am going to a school, wrote all kinds of stuff. So well, good.
2: That, that's what teachers know, should be promoting. The, and and I would, I,
1: uh, huh? Your idea that it's more important you won't, it's more important to write creatively than properly. Yes, coach. I understand that, but. Why can't you do both? If somebody has enough uh, intelligence to write down something creative and thought-provoking, they should be able to write it properly also.
2: Well, when you say properly, every period, comma, semicolon, according to the Warner's English Dictionary, uh, and again, I'm not talking the extreme. If the grammar's completely messed up, it's going to affect the reading of the paper. So I'm not talking the extreme, but I'm just talking a a misspelled word here, an apostrophe wrong here, a comma you know put in the wrong place here. Not going to kill the thought process. I would much rather... If you were an editor, would you rather hire a writer who you think really writes with good ideas and good, uh, can communicate well, has a good sense of humor, can dig into stories, but his grammar is brutal, or would you rather have a guy who's a little bit more flatlined at his thought process, but he writes perfect sentence structure?
1: Well, if if you said brutal, no, I don't want to have to rewrite everybody's thing that they do. No, and so and hopefully as an editor, I would have more options okay. than two people to hire.
2: So you'd rather have the guy with who writes uh, vanilla style but has perfect grammar
1: i I didn't say that. But you only gave me two options, okay? And hopefully, as an editor, I, I when I'm looking for a writer, I don't only have two to choose from. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, I don't care how funny the guy is, if I have to rewrite everything they do, it'll probably change the meaning of what the guy wanted anyway. So I would tell the guy, hey, listen, let to go back to grammar school, and we can figure this out.
2: All right. Big Dog and a coach settling all of the world's problems here. 888-463-6748. Two guys at a dot com. No football to talk about, Big Dog, unless you want to break down uh, uh, offensive tackles coming up in the April 15th draft. I but I we- do. All right, tell me who's going to be the first tackle pick.
1: Uh, the problem is the guy that should be the first offensive tackle picked is uh, a kid by the name of Mike Adams, but he, he decided that uh, he'll make more money next year at Ohio State than he will uh, as like the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft.
2: Interesting. So a junior, he's coming back for a senior year?
1: Yeah, he's one of the kids involved in the tattoos for ah, hire. Ah, okay. You know, it was one yep. of I don't know what they're calling it, the tattoo scam, mm-hmm. the ink, ink whatever they're calling. Yeah, it.
2: including uh, quarterback uh, Terrence Terrell Pryor. Yes.
1: Yep. yes. Don't, yeah. Don't and, and uh, whatever you do don't call him Terry.
2: So he's coming back for his senior year does uh, what's his name Mike Adamsley?
1: Mike Adams. Mike Adams. Uh does he have quick feet? Coach, he's got he's got it all. He's got it all. Legitimately he's the best. He should have won uh he was a what do you call it a finalist for offensive lineman of the year but he didn't win mm-hmm. it. He really should have, so
2: does he have a functional burst out step with his left foot, assuming he's the left tackle?
1: He is a he is a left tackle. Okay. He can he can hook he can hook a guy in a okay. five technique, Coach. That's right. no problem. He can probably even hook a guy in a seven technique.
2: Because I like take it easy. You can get arrested for that. I like a guy with a quick first step. I observed that. Some guys got the quick first step on the run search, but the forty five degree angled back pass protection first step, big dog, could be a little bit slower. I am an object. When I watch football, I watch the footwork, specific footwork of the offensive tackles and their first step quickness.
1: Oh, absolutely. Coach, uh, I, I got nothing so much else to do. You know what I mean? Other people are like, you know, breaking down. Uh, have you seen this movie? you seen that movie? Yeah. Um, have you seen that move? Uh huh. So I'm with you.
2: Now, how about his ability to move the batacle region in sync with the body? You watch some offensive tackles, it's almost like upper body, legs, and batacle region are kind of working. Uh, individually the great linemen are able to get it all going simultaneously how about mr adamsley
1: well he, he's six seven three fifty three thirty to three fifty and uh he moves like a tight end coach is the best way that i can tell you <laughs> okay so all right everything's in sync oh it's in sync coach it's it's more in sync than mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Oh, he okay. was, I, I forgot which group he was in, but I don't think yeah. it was.
2: All right. Any like, other offensive linemen to talk about in lieu of the April 15th draft before we get to some uh, college and NBA basketball? Anybody else on your docket? Uh,
1: no, let's. Do, I guess we can go to NBA and college basketball, Coach. I have no problem with that.
2: All right. But uh, but rest assured, football fans out there, as the draft nears, and I, I do not say this kiddingly, Joe Rodwanski, my good partner, the big dog here, will give you uh, insights and intuition on some of the college football players and the draft picks. Uh, Every bit as good and sometimes a lot better than the quote-unquote experts on ESPN. I throw you my kudos, my friend.
1: Yeah, basically my life is going to come down to for the next uh, couple weeks is basically going to be watching Big Ten basketball, MLB Network, and then preparing for uh, the Combine, which they're not having, right, because of of the lockout.
2: Yeah, speaking of that, before we get to basketball, let's talk about the lockout. There are rumors, I don't know if it's confirmed, but that the players and owners sat down and basically, fairly quickly into the negotiations, the owners left. The players threw it on the table that we won 50% half the profits. They were supposed to meet today for five or six hours. Again, I don't know this is full report, technical detail, accuracy, but uh, I, we heard that the owners just uh, walked off. Big dog, it could be a long, long negotiation.
1: Yeah, you know, hopefully it's just like a, a little strong-arming, you know, but you know, I, 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 I'm really confused about this whole thing. Okay, because quite honestly, the NFL players have the worst contract in all of professional sports. Especially when you consider how much Spe- money that the NFL brings
2: specifically in. what's so bad about the
1: the fact that they're in a not guaranteed contract. You get hurt. See, I like you that. get paid for the rest of that season and then they can cut you and you yeah, never play again and you don't make another penny from that team.
2: That's the way all well, a little strong, but that I think all pro sports should be that way.
1: You, I have no problem. I, I, I actually, coach, I agree with you. I, I wish baseball contracts were. If you sign a a four year, twenty million dollar deal, mm-hmm. ten million of it is guaranteed, and they, the, the yeah. team has to write you a ten million dollar yeah. part of the deal, and yes, then sir. for the last, so you have ten million left, and you. And if, if you fuck after you had, a year, they can cut you.
2: If you had a bad attitude, we don't like you. Next year, you're gone. Now there yes. should be, there should be. If a player gets injured, uh, he does not get the full. Ie dot 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 a three million or four whatever his contract is but there should be if you get injured, you'll still get you know two hundred fifty thousand or five or some nice decent compensation, but they shouldn't get the 4, full four million if they're not injured and the team wants to get rid of them. Sorry, no guaranteed contract. So I support the NFL on that.
1: Well, well, here, here's the thing: is if that happened, if, if it was set up that way, I'm not saying you're wrong, okay? But I guarantee you, that every single guy that's been in the NFL for at least one season as a legitimate injury, and if they got cut, they can just go right. Hey, they cut me because I had a I no, had a messed up shoulder. No, no, no. Why, you know, why right? would?
2: You, why would? You, oh, I oh, I see. So if you think you're going to get cut, then you would feign injury.
1: Not, no no not just feign. Everybody is already hurt. Is well, what no,
2: you wouldn't because you want to come back next year and make your full three million. So there's no incentive to faking an injury. You're going to get paid three million for the next year. Now, if you if the team doesn't like you and gets rid of you. You get nothing. Sarah, you're not on the team. We're not going to pay you. If you get injured and you cannot perform, we're still going to pay you, you know, 250000 or whatever the NFL deems would be the injury salary.
1: That's where you're going, Coach. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I think they all make way too much money. Okay, well, but, I think we all agree on that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and the one thing that it, it bothers me, though, is the fact that the players that have set up the league are not being taken care of. Guys that, you know, played 10, 12 years in the NFL in the 50s and 60s who don't have insurance now and are basically walking around zombies. Yeah, is so,
2: is that, you're correct about that. It's a different issue. That's not part of the current negotiations. No, no, it correct? has
1: nothing to do with it. Okay. It has nothing to no, do I, with I, it. I agree with you. And, and, uh, and a lot of, and what these players don't realize is they, th- their retirement isn't totally set up either. I mean, they're going to be much right. better off than any player that played in the mm-hmm. 1940s or 50s or 60s or 70s, so but and even 80s, because mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't until like uh, the 1987 deal when they actually got like a more re- a better retirement and health package put in place. Mm-hmm. So Mike,
2: uh, Mike Ditka is a leading spokesman for that. You look at Mike Ditka himself. If it wasn't for the uh, advent of erectile dysfunction, Mike Ditka probably be wandering the streets with a beard and, and a can looking for change.
1: Yeah, but luckily he's got that bad hit because when he started taking that uh, the ED medication, yep. there was a lot of scared people out there. <laughs> I mean, I know I can still outrun So <laughs> Yeah,
2: but no, I I think uh, most of us, if not all, agree on that. But uh, that's not part of the
1: current no. labor No, I was just throwing it out there, yep. like how confused these guys. They're yep. fighting over right now, and they don't realize that. Mm-hmm. The, you know, you retire from baseball your elbow hurts a little bit. Your, your shoulder might hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you, you live a long, faithful life. You retire from football. You If you played 10 years of football, you've taken 10 years off your life. You're not going to be able to walk when you're older. Yep. You won't be able to get out of bed because your back hurts so much. You're going to have migraines because of all the concussions you had uh, while you played. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, then all of a sudden these kids, are, they're too stupid. At, like, and some of the stuff that, like, uh, you know, they change rules and, like, they allow for, like, uh, like medical help and all this other stuff. And it's funny, is because like there's been like there's like 200 former NFL players. I saw this. This was about a year ago. About 200 NFL players are suffering from concussions, and they can't like look at computer screens for too long. They didn't inform these people. They just put like an adjunct on, in the like on the website that former players go to find out about their benefits. Mm-hmm. But if you have a concussion, do you want to stare at a computer screen and read, you know, no. a 5,000 word that's thing? Probably, of the, uh,
2: that's probably the worst. What are the worst things for a concussion?
1: Yeah, what? none of those players actually did anything about it. It was the wife of a former one that played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I can't remember his name. And she was the one who read everything, and she was like, oh, my goodness, he could have been getting help for this a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But the NFL didn't inform anybody. They didn't have, like, a symposium on it. They put it on a website and hit it. You had to, like, go to, like, five different – uh, it, was, it was ridiculous, Coach.
2: Memory so. starts to go. You can't remember. You know, you go to parties sometimes, uh, and uh, you know, you you know like three people or five people or seven people. You know, at a big party, you, you know a few people. You know, the mind is not doing so good, big dog, in your older age when you go to a party that's thrown for you, and you still only know like three or five people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, who are these people? Uh,
1: I haven't got there yet, Coach. Yeah, well, I, I haven't. Trust I, I me. Could- it's- uh, when, I really can, when I say you
2: can when I say you could look forward to that, I used to look forward in the only the loosest sense of the term.
1: Well I I, I am not looking forward to that, Coach, because mm-hmm. my memory is about the only good thing I have going with in my life uh, right now.
2: So. Come on, you got a few other body parts that are working just fine. By the way, Groupon <laughs> Groupon dot com, have you heard about their new dating service?
1: Oh, have not, coach.
2: Groupon dot com's new dating service, they guarantee when you go on the date that the clothes will be half off. Like it. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. David Olson, our producer, is about to stage a walkout. Big Doug, I think he's, he has had enough with us, uh, 23 minutes into
1: the show. Uh, you know, this has been a pretty tame show, so the, yeah. we must have really been getting under yeah. his skin the last couple of weeks. I
2: can't blame him, quite frankly. I've had enough of us also. If I, if I could walk out on my own show, I think I'd do that. Not sure if that's possible or not. Uh, all right, real quick, some college basketball, then I do have some national security questions for you as well. How's that for a Uh-oh. transition?
1: Uh-oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not regarding you personally,
1: don't worry. Oh, okay. Uh, we... <laughs> I am on the FBI watch list for Some <laughs> Don't take it reason. personal,
2: man. This is this is on a much higher stature. Leon Panada was speaking yesterday. David, fire that up on the computer. We'll talk a little bit about this because this is freaking me out a little bit. But uh real quick, before we worry about our national security and impending doom, can we talk about Illinois' victory over Minnesota?
1: Oh, I would absolutely love to, Coach. What a, what a move by my man, uh, Bruce Weber, yesterday. Yes, Benches Mike Tisdale and Dimitri McCamey for the beginning of the game, and quite frankly, deservedly. I don't care about their statistics. I've watched way too many Illinois games this year where it came down to the last minute, and both those guys puckered up is the best way that I could say. And uh, they really haven't been leading. They, they haven't been assertive. And especially, especially Mike Tisdale, coach, who is mm-hmm. legitimately one of the most disappointing players in Illinois history, at least since 1982 that I've been watching. No, I'll disagree okay. with and that. I had no problem. You disagree with that? Yeah, I do. I do. I think Tisdale's tis- a bum. Huh? Okay, he's not a Mike bum. He's a nice kid. He's a nice kid. Yeah. I like him. I'd invite him over for dinner. Oh, he doesn't do anything, he's totally non aggressive. It's not true. He is the most he's a waste of seven foot of, not a, true, of a basketball player.
2: Not true at all. As a basketball coach, I appreciate a lot of the stuff Tisdale does. He has his limits, but if what, you what watch
1: him what does he do right? Huh? What does he do right?
2: I I will tell you. First of all, uh you know, they're trying to make him a back to the basket player, and that's not working. So he's a fine perimeter shooter. He has a good attitude, good leadership. Uh here's something good you probably Good
1: leadership. No, no, that, that's well, absolutely wrong. He's—I I, agree—he's a good teammate. He is not a good leader. Uh, so,
2: I try to—I see him. I watch every and,
1: Illinois game that's televised. You realize this from start to finish. He's not. It's a, not like I dabble in watching the team. I've—I've I've seen every one of his college games the last four years.
2: Well, I've seen he's a lot of a leader. Them too. I've seen a lot of him too. All right, he's not a holler and scream guy, but he will, you know, clap it up and try to get his teammates going a little bit uh, on the perimeter when his the opposing player has the ball. He actually, for a seven-footer, he gets after. It. Play some decent perimeter defense. He'll try to block some shots a little bit. The effort is there. But he can score a little bit. He's had his moments. Last ten games have been disappointing. But uh, freshman, sophomore, junior year, a little bit this year, uh, to call him a disappointment I think is incorrect. He has limits, but I like the uh, the big kid, Mike Tisdale. You, you you know what?
1: Mike Tisdale, a center, a seven-foot guy that has decent perimeter defense, and I will agree with you on that part, Coach, yep. okay? That's like me looking good in a dress. (laughs) Who cares? I'm not going to wear a dress. I'm not supposed to wear a dress. Okay, Coach. I don't care if our seven foot center is a decent perimeter defender. I wish I would hopefully our seven foot center would be a great interior defender, which he is not. He pushed around more than a, a, a a kindergartner playing with a bunch of sixth graders. Okay, it's. It, he's a disappointment, coach. I was so happy to see. And you know what? It was funny because when Demetri McCamey came into the game, he took over. He was aggressive, attacked the basket, stealing passes, attacking his, what did Mike kids He just moped around the court yesterday. Mm-hmm. Didn't do anything special. He got, uh, McC- McCamey got the message. What was going on? You need to be more assertive. This is your last year ever playing competitive basketball. Okay, so unless, uh, unless, uh, unless, uh Mike Tiz, they'll learn how to speak Fiji. I don't think he's going to play professional basketball,
2: Coach. <laughs> oh, goodness. Firing on Tiz. I'll still never forget as a freshman, me and my young son watching this skinny seven-footer, brand new on the line. I don't know if you remember this game or not. It was early on in his career. He hits a 10-footer. and Oh, Wow. First basket for Tiz, he steps out and he hits a 14-footer. Like, holy man. And you could see him gaining his confidence. This was freshman year,
1: fairly yeah. early
2: into the season. All of a sudden, he has like an 18-hitter. Me and my son like, Tiz, we got a new star. And then he steps out and bangs down a three-pointer, seven-foot skinny kick. We're going, Tiz, we got a new hero in town. And and then the career's gone downhill since then.
1: Yeah, yeah Coach,
2: do uh, You remember that game? I can't say specifically. It was on I national do, TV. Hit like an eight footer, twelve footer, sixteen, and then a three footer, all within about five minute period of time.
1: I, I do remember him as a freshman having a great game against Michigan State. Was that it? I can't remember. I, I, I mean, I remember him like having just a phenomenal game against against the Spartans when he was a freshman, and that that's exactly what I'm talking about. When he was a freshman, we loved him. It was great. We thought he was going to end up going to be. Possibly the Big Ten Player of the Year one year in his career. I mean, that's that's what it felt like when he was a freshman, and ever since then we. I just like would like to somebody go to the hole one day and just have him try to block the shot and could care less if we bited the guy up and took him out. Mm-hmm. It's like he avoids contact constantly, and and this whole I have no problem if my center can shoot an eighteen foot jump shot. It would be nice to add that to the arsenal, but when that's your number one weapon, coach, and whenever like when he was a sophomore, he would go through flashes where he'd catch it down low and get layups. He, he, he is, hasn't done it at all as a senior. He is he a guy.
2: He is a guy, definitely, as you said, you would like dating your daughter. Because uh, at all times, he will try to avoid contact.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, Coach. Thank you And and, and And again, I, I don't want to talk too badly about a kid not getting paid playing collegiate sports, but... Mm-hmm. He has, to me, okay. just been a major disappointment as an Illinois player. Okay, I'm sorry so, to hear
2: that. Uh, but Illinois did win a big game over Minnesota. They're back in the hunt now. Got off the schneid. Tubby Smith, by the way, doing a heck of a job with a understated, injury-prone Minnesota team. Let me move on to the Big East. Big dog, big upset yesterday. I'm going to throw a Coach of the Year
1: candidate at you. I, I, about, I agree
2: with it, too. St. John's knocking off Connecticut. The Redmen are playing some serious basketball.
1: Yeah, and Steve Lavin is the guy you're talking about, yeah. Coach. And uh, yeah, I I didn't get the – I watched the end of the game because it overflowed into the Illinois game, which I, I had a tape yesterday. But, you know, Steve Lavin, I mean, think about it, he coached UCLA. And I was coaching in Manhattan in Madison Square Garden. He's coaching some pretty, you know, high limelight places. He can turn that thing around quickly, Coach. Mm-hmm. He's got, what, five seniors on his team that are leaving. He's going to have a bunch of scholarships. Available. Everybody knows who Steve Lavin is. And he's coaching in New York. The St. John's could become a power very quickly with the right recruiting class. They could be national title contenders next year. I'm not. I'm not saying they're gonna be, but the St. John's has been a sleeping giant for the last ten years. They used to go to the Final Four, you know, and and actually contend in the Biggies. It's been a long time since that Mm -hmm. happened.
2: Yeah, Louis Carnasek and the the sweater. Right? The great days there. Who do they have? They had. Was Bernard King on that St. John's team?
1: Chris Mullins? No, Mullen's? Bernard King was a uh, – he, he played at Madison Square Garden for the Knicks, but he was a okay. Tennessee volunteer. Oh, coach.
2: that's right. All right. Chris Mullins, one of the great St. John's of all time.
1: Their, their best player was not their best pro, which was Chris Mullins was the best pro ever out of uh, yes. St. John. But uh, the best player ever at St. John's was Walter Berry. Woo! Remember
2: what a him? What a talent. Oh,
1: my. What happened to him, Coach?
2: Not sure if it was off-the-court activities. I know he was a little soft as far as uh, the physical content. He played a little yeah. bit in the NBA, but you're right. Just an unbelievable talent. Amazing to watch, and it, it did not uh, procure up to the uh, NBA level.
1: He was a six foot eight guy that led the NCAA in block shots. Yep. He averaged like five block shots a game at yep. St. John.
2: I don't even know what sinewy athleticism is, but he had sinewy athleticism.
1: Yes, that is exactly right. He he was long and athletic. He might have been the first one, Yeah, Coach.
2: All right. Dwight Hardy scored 33 points uh, for St. John's yesterday. Got the big upset. Big game over the weekend. You want to talk some college hoops with the dog and the coach? We're always right here for you. 888-463-6748. Big Dog, the only undefeated team in the country. Travels to one (laughs) of the toughest Road places to win, Cole Field House of Wisconsin. The Badgers do not lose there. What happens at two o'clock tomorrow when the Buckeye enter the gymnasium?
1: All I know is I am taping that game. I cannot wait to get home and watch it. If the Buckeyes win tomorrow, Coach, they will definitely finish the Big Ten season undefeated. I okay. I, so. I really think the Big Ten season uh the and the tournament too, because they're set up perfectly for the tournament because that team is ninety. So they can win three games in a row. So that that's going to be, I think, one of the easier stretches for them. The tournament, they have a good shot of running the table, too. They have a good shot of winning it all and going undefeated if they can win in the Kohl Center tomorrow. As long as they still they don't look mm-hmm. ahead like, oh, we've, we've got it made, don't worry about it. But I, I think it's almost a 50-50 shot if they beat uh, Wisconsin tomorrow, that they'll end up undefeated.
2: And, and- anybody with a 50-50 shot at the Kohl Center, what, What's under, under Bo Ryan, they've lost like, what, one game?
1: No, 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 no. Do uh, they lost uh, at the at the Kohl Center? Yeah. Bo Ryan, I'm trying
2: to. Some
1: re- I saw it just the other day. All, all I know is this: is believe this or not? There's only one team in the country with more than one win at the Kohl Center. It's Illinois, and Illinois has four wins there. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bo Ryan is his. The winning percentage is like ninety. Four and a half percent. (laughs) Okay, they go, they're 19 and they have a loss every 20 games there, which is ridiculous. It's basically one game a season they lose there. Off the charts.
2: Off the charts, no question. I thought many times as a basketball coach that I'd take a year off and just hang around the Wisconsin uh, if I could get a pass and just watch the practices at Wisconsin and watch what Bo Ryan does and then I would come back a much better coach for it. I think he's one of the best in America.
1: I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Uh, consistently, year in and year out, mm-hmm. if you see a team from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, yep. Wisconsin every single year improves more than any team in the country. Now, we, we talked yesterday about how Iowa has done that the most this year. Mm-hmm. You know, but year in and year out, it's it's Wisconsin.
2: Fundamentally solid. Fundamentally solid. Give me a prediction now. Buckeyes uh, on a roll, Badgers uh, play well, and they are at home. Uh, it's a tough call, but. There's no beat the Smoes, no football Friday. So make your prediction: Ohio State at Wisconsin. Joe Lewanski, our college basketball expert here, and the two guys at a mic show.
1: I'm going to say that they actually win, coach, and Ohio State. Ohio State wins, and the first time this year somebody scores 70 points against uh, Wisconsin and they win uh, 70 to 65.
2: Oh. When you say somebody, not not like Jared Solinger's not going to throw down 70.
1: No, no, okay. a team. Okay. They have not allowed 70 points yet this year as a mm-hmm. team okay but you know this to be honest Coach, i know jordan taylor is phenomenal i don't think this is one of the better wisconsin teams that we have seen in the last 15 years mm-hmm. i think it's a good a, one of the better teams in the country it's a, i deserve a top 20 team in the country but i i just think it's, it's their average for wisconsin okay. but then again i know you love the lower kid and everybody loves jordan taylor so uh they just not that deep, Coach. they got nice starting five. They don't have much off the bench.
2: John Lauer, a, not Lauer, but Lauer, is he an NBA player?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, Chris Humphreys is an NBA player, so yes, there's definitely a possibility.
2: <laughs> what do we call that, the Chris Humphreys factor?
1: Yeah. If yes, you can exactly make
2: it. it here, you'll make it anywhere. It's, uh, Where did two, Chris Humphreys play
1: at? Uh, Minnesota, Coach. Ah, there you go. There mm-hmm. you
2: go. Alright, very good. Any other college basketball notes? Big doll, we, uh, we have some NBA news and notes we gotta get to real quick. Oh man. Yeah. We, well, we almost passed up the break. Any quick uh, college hoops thoughts?
1: Uh, no, we can we can move on to the break, Coach. I'm uh, just glad Illinois got it done yesterday against a, a pretty mm-hmm. tough uh, Minnesota team. Yeah, Good looks, game to watch.
2: looks like maybe they're going to be revitalized here last third of the season. We'll see if they can use that as a kickstart. All right, quick break. When we come back, we talk about Jerry Sloan resigning, some NBA notes. We also have national security issues to bring up, and we'll see if we can get a live report from the Dubai Classic. Don't forget, by the way, pitchers and catchers reporting, Big Dog, I believe Sunday. In Mesa, Arizona, your Chicago Cub will be reporting for their first
1: practice. Phenomenal, coach.
2: I hope they work on bunting in the first practice. <laughs> By the way, pitchers and catchers reporting. David Olson, what, what the hell are the outfielders doing? Sitting on a bar stool and getting drunk when the pitchers and catchers are reporting? I'm worried about the outfielders right now. Back in a minute. My worries will be concise. <laughs> Welcome to the two guys to the Mike Show. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful Friday. Hope you have a great weekend planned. Of course, we'll be back Monday at 10 o'clock recapping all the weekend in sports. Big Dog, uh, not that much time to get to here. Only a one-hour show. We have some late-breaking news told to me by David Olson here. I do want to get to Jerry Sloan. I do want to get to Ray Allen breaking the three-point record, but apparently uh, Hosni Mubarak has finally resigned in the fine country of Egypt. I don't know... Well, you could speculate, is the Mubarak resignation to have anything to do with Jerry Sloan also leaving his longtime job in Utah? Uh,
1: no, but I'm pretty sure Darren Williams will be blamed for both.
2: <laughs> Very nicely done.
1: Yes. Um, I was just waiting to see. Everyone was like, when's he going to get the message, blah, blah, blah. These people don't get it. All he was trying to do was make sure he cleaned out all the coffers he possibly could and make sure the money was secure before he left uh, off.
2: So he was just buying time. Yeah, Literally totally. buying time.
1: I mean, I'm sure for the first week he was like, hey, maybe we could beat enough of these people in the street that they'll leave us alone. And then Mm -hmm. after he figured, hey, you know what? We better make sure we we don't miss a dime, get it all taken care of, and then we'll get the heck out of here.
2: Now, the reports we're getting from our inside sources, uh, we do not have a reporter over there, by the way. We tried to send a couple of people, but they were...
1: uh... I'm telling you, Coach, I will go. That stuff does not bother me, okay? All right. I I mean, like, I I do not fear for my life, okay? Mm -hmm. And I can take getting beat up. That doesn't that stuff yeah. doesn't scare me. Well, though. you're
2: a big guy. You would, your size, you probably scare a lot of the Egyptians away.
1: That's true, Coach. Unlike
2: it, Anderson Cooper, who apparently attracted a, uh, you know, a bevy of protesters. You, on the other hand, would they, I think they would part like the Red Sea. You're a strange-looking individual. I think you would scare a lot of the Egyptians. What happened with
1: Anderson Cooper? Did they try to hurt him? Oh, you didn't hear that? No, no, no. Tell me. I, I, yeah? I, I've been really, really busy. Well, this lately. was about a week ago. Okay.
2: You know, after it first started, you know, Anderson Cooper. If there's a disaster or any kind of major story going anywhere. He's there.
1: See, I would. That's what you need to start doing, Coach. You need to start sending me that. I will go. Okay. And mm-hmm. the, the morning break will skyrocket. That's what we need to do. One investment is sending me to a war toward country, Coach. Right. Good. We will we'll end up being national, <laughs> and then we can actually bring our sense of humor to the. We can heal and uh, uh, actually inform at the same okay. time.
2: Any of our listeners out there, if you'd like to help contribute to sending Joel to a war-torn country, we don't know which war-torn country will be next, but if you'd like to contribute that, email us at mike2guys at AOL.com. We're going to start the Joel Edwansky Big Dogs. Send a big dog to war-torn country fund.
1: I hope you send me to, uh, to Thailand, Coach.
2: <laughs> Stop getting your prurient interests involved in your uh, job responsibility.
1: I'm sorry, Coach, but I'm huge
2: in Thailand. Anderson Cooper basically was out there with his reporter, and uh, that was the day, I think, when the Mubarak supporters gathered across the street from the regular protesters. I don't know if you remember that day, but they came out, not nearly as in large numbers, but they had a group out there, and I think Cooper uh, crossed the way to go interview some of them. And it wasn't just him, but some other media people as well. But his, he in particular, uh, started to get some punches thrown at him. People were pushing and shoving at him. They didn't like the camera, and apparently he and his uh, cameraman and producer just wa- started walking back to the other group. They didn't run, and they certainly didn't try to fight back. Uh, you know, he he was able to come on that night, so it wasn't dramatic. But he did get pushed around, shoved around. It was a scary moment, indeed.
1: So the Mubarak people were shoving and pushing him.
2: I, I believe so.
1: Okay, I believe.
2: It. More importantly, though, your thought now: the military. Apparently, uh, he has seceded his power to the military, big dog. Good thing, bad thing, or are we unsure?
1: Yeah, it depends on who's who's leading the military, coach. But uh, that's a good question. I, I can I can see it as as a good thing. Hopefully, uh, you know a lot of you know the Egyptian people really they didn't support the police, but they supported the military. That's mm-hmm. that's one thing I keep on reading and getting out of it. So maybe that is a good thing. Uh, the, the police there are not looked at very highly. Is the best mm-hmm. that I can tell you. Okay. So I think. it's a again, good... I've also read somewhere that a lot of the police are also military. So that's a strange, strange. That's a. It's a strange situation going on over there.
0: I think it's a good thing because it keeps other people from seizing power.
1: That's excellent point. Excellent point. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, and... the
2: whole key is, like Joel said, it depends who's running the military.
1: Well, if uh, we'll see how quickly they uh, set up a uh, free election. Okay. I mean that, I think that's going to be key. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, within the next day or two, they're going to be like, "Hey, we're going to have a free election on this day and 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 uh, this is how we're going to we plan on doing it mm-hmm. and we uh, over the next 2 months we're going to figure out who wants to run." You know, something like that that needs to happen like immediately.
0: So. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are uh, elections scheduled for later in the year. And like last week, sometime he says, "Oh well, I'm not going to run for reelection." Right. But um, I'm wondering if they'll end up moving those things up just because of the vacuum and power. Now they got to have
2: primaries first.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Now, um, what was I going to ask? Oh, uh, David, have we heard reports? Did Mubarak uh, leave the country? Was he exiled, or is
0: he just stepping down? I can look into that. I know he okay. left Cairo. And went to southern Egypt. Interesting. Uh, I don't know from there he left the country. Okay. There you go.
2: That's the conclusion the, uh, the general public in Egypt wanted big dog. And it was pretty clear they were not going to leave until that, uh, finality had occurred. And again, it comes within 24 hours of Jerry Sloan, longtime coach for the Utah Jazz retiring. I, somehow, somewhere, I do think there's a connection.
1: Well, well, as, well, Utah has a large portion of desert. That's what he I'm saying. Has a large portion of desert. Yep.
2: Start connecting the dots. Maybe Jerry Sloan takes over.
1: Now, let me see. who Jerry Sloan, he took over for Frank Layden. Is that correct?
2: I think so. It's a long time ago 23 years. For the fine head coach of the Utah Jazz and, of course, uh, not a Hall of Famer, but he's got his jersey hanging up in the rafters of the United Center, one of the great Chicago Bulls of all time, big
1: Dub, Sloan isn't a Hall of Famer? Oh, it's a he... lot easier in basketball, Coach, than it is in the other sport.
2: I'm not sure. I don't think he is. He could be. I know Storm and Norman Van Leer, who tragically passed away too early, Norm Van Leer was never too happy as well. He should be that they hung the jersey of Jerry Sloan and not Storm and Norman. I never thought that was right.
1: Uh, yeah, they should have, though. That was a nice little backcourt that they had. They both should have been represented. Absolutely. Definitely, Coach.
0: Sloan was inducted in the Basketball Hall of Fame in really? 2009. Very good. Okay. As yeah. a coach? Doesn't matter. You just inducted. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Okay. I don't think it matters. Yeah. I think it's for entire career, both coaching. That's
1: exactly right, Dave. And you don't even have to play in the NBA. The Basketball Hall of Fame is truly a Basketball Hall of Fame. So you can have, like, some guy that played in Turkey. Mm-hmm. If he dominated enough, he could uh, he could eventually be in the basketball hall of fame. Mm-hmm.
2: By the way, a kid or uh, not a kid, but Jerry Sloan grew up uh, grew up in Southern Illinois. Big Doug, a local kid, made good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh,
2: McLean'sboro, I think.
1: Is that what it is?
2: McLean'sboro, Illinois. Played his college basketball at Evansville, the Fighting Aces. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. So he retires, and then we should mention also. Uh, and, and of course Jerry Sloan resigns in the, the middle of the season, but he said basically, uh, you know, the time commitment and the stress was getting to him a little bit, a little bit of conflict with Darren Williams. Seemed like it was a good time to step down. We wish him the best. The other news and note was Ray Allen. Big dog became the all time NBA three point shooting leader. He beat Reggie Williams's record, Reggie Miller's record yesterday. Pretty impressive and uh, kudos passing on to uh, Mr. Ray Allen.
1: That, that kind of snuck up on me. I mean, I know Ray L. is a great three-point shooter, but uh, I didn't think he was that close to Miller's record until like I heard it last week. I was, I was shocked, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, Coach, and how far ahead both of them are than, than to everybody else. So uh, he he might hold on to this record for a while, because he's still got three or four decent years left in him. You know, what I, you know what I'm saying, Coach? He could end up holding on to that record for a long time. I'm I was really shocked. I didn't know he was that prolific. Yep,
2: he's so. not done yet. You're exactly right. Six thousand four hundred and thirty attempts in the NBA. Six thousand four hundred over his career, he's made two thousand five hundred and sixty-one to well, that, set the that's record. Over
1: forty percent—that's
2: pretty uh, good. It's about thirty-eight percent, which is still pretty good. Still pretty good.
1: Six thousand and what? Six thousand four hundred and thirty oh. three-point oh, I attempts. I thought you said double. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Never yeah. I didn't know 6,400 was 6, 7, just a 7,
2: terrific 5. shooter. Of course, coming. I still remember watching him in the March Madness tournament playing for, uh, United. UConn. A very, very good player. The other note uh, we should mention, we didn't bring it up yesterday. The Detroit Pistons knocked off the Cavaliers. Uh, the all time losing streak continues big dog. And I think now they're, they've gone beyond the NBA's all time losing streak. I think they tied Tampa Bay.
1: They're at Football. 26 now, coach. Wow.
2: For the longest Losing streak in all of professional sport that's not a record you want to have.
1: That's more than a third of a basketball season. Ouch. You, know, you know, Coach, uh, watching, uh, Cloud and I were watching TV the other day, and they had uh, Dennis Hickson or D.J. Hickson. J.J. J. J. Hickson. J.J. Hickson. Okay, at this point, I'm sure he he's hoping I get his name wrong. <laughs> but he literally said this quote, I really believe we're going to win a game before the season's done. It's all right. And he meant it.
0: I will point out they still have a ways to go to catch the New Jersey Generals. Of the ABA? Uh Of the playing the Harlem oh. Globetrotters. <laughs> Washington Generals. Or the Washington Generals, I'm sorry. <laughs> did you
1: yeah. say New Jersey Generals?
0: I did, I did.
1: <laughs> That's from the USFL.
2: <laughs> so there was a New Jersey General. Yeah, from the USFL. Yeah, yeah. David's right, though. The Washington Generals, they've they got this, what is it, they're about like 89 They did win a couple games, though. They pulled off the upset. But I think they lost like eighty games in a
1: row. Well, they they, were, they played all over the country to home Globetrotters. So, yep. Like when they would play like in uh, like in some like places in Mississippi and yep. stuff, they the, the generals had a winner, off they'd get in trouble. They they wouldn't let the Globetrotters out of the out of the arena.
0: Yes, Dave. I, I just want to take us back uh, take us back a couple of stories to Jerry Sloan. Yes, and you do realize that over the last four months, the longest tenured coaches in MLB, the NFL, and the NBA are all gone. Interesting. All right. In baseball, that would be who, Lou? Uh, that was Bobby Cox. Bobby Cox. Very good. Yeah. Jeff Fisher. Lou Pinella, coach.
2: Jeff, well, I was thinking of different teams. Uh, obviously okay. not with one team. Jeff Fisher in football. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. And now uh, Jerry Sloan was the longest tenure coach in the NBA. Interesting. And something about playing the Bulls, uh, Big dog, because the Bulls beat Indiana. About a month ago, they fired their head coach, Jim O'Brien. The Bulls beat Utah a couple days ago. They fired their head coach, Jerry Sloan. If I were the next team playing the Bulls, I wouldn't feel too comfortable if I were the head coach.
1: Yeah, hopefully they're playing the Celtics. <laughs> I, mean, I have nothing against Doc Rivers. Yeah. You know, I love the guy. I just think he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. and yep. The Celtics are going to be difficult to get through this year. Mm-hmm. So.
2: By the way, the uh, new coach for the Utah Jazz is Ty Corbin, the ex-to-Paul Blue Demon. But this is kind of interesting. I like what Utah did. Not the interim coach. They call him our the active coach. I like that. Interim is such a nasty tag to put on a guy. Our active coach right now is Tyrone Corbin. uh, Corbin, a small little thing, big dog, but I think it's significant. I like that.
1: Coach, no other team will ever put interim on their coach again. They have just changed what you call a coach. An interim coach. They have who, no. Who's they? will never be interim. Will never be used who, again, coach. Who is they? Anyone who fires their coach and hires somebody as an interim coach. Why? Because that's such a good name for an. It's so oh, much better okay. than interim. Is what you're exactly right. Okay. I didn't know that's what they call them. Yep. No one's interim is now dead. It will never be used again, coach. Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. So the Utah Jazz, uh, uh, making a statement with that particular title.
1: You well, I, don't, I don't know, about making a, a statement but i don't think they're giving corbin any more power like uh, trying to but they just mm-hmm. have from the simple fact that he's the coach he's the active coach he is the, okay. you know that's it's a really good okay. idea coach All right.
2: very good very good get our uh, nba news and notes as a matter of fact when you make me mad i'm going to call
1: you interim coach from now on
2: i'd rather be the active sports talk host of this show not the interim sports talk is exactly what i'm talking yes. about yes Yes, it's all about image, it's all about sound, but absolutely, it has a definitive effect, no question about it. Hey, real quick, I want to bring up a story I read from uh, Leon Panada. By the way, uh, who's our director of federal security, that's not the official title, but, uh you know, whatever that agency is of our federal security, he's one of the guys in charge. Big Dog, have you ever seen Leon Panada and St. Joseph's head coach Gene Pingator in the room at the same time?
1: I have not, Coach.
2: Are you with me on the resemblance?
1: I don't know what uh, what a uh, coaching legend over there at St. Joe's looks like, Coach. Really? you never seen clean gene? Never seen him. Never yeah. ne- never, one time.
2: All right. Sorry to hear that. Uh, he has Illinois High School Association's all-time, actually second now in all-time wins. But here's what I read in the paper. Leon Panetta saying that, uh, first of all, terrorism alert right now is as high as it has been in a long, long time. And what he's saying is the terrorism is going to be internet. There's another term for it, but it, it's not going to be a nuclear right now. It's not going to be on a bomb threat. It is going to be some kind of infiltration of our internet system that could shut down the government, shut down a lot of our functioning. He said yeah, it's a door. very real threat and we need, I don't know how you prepare for it,
0: but we need to. It's cyber terrorism.
2: Cyber terrorism. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Big dog, are you a cyber terrorist? Uh, overreactor? Underreactor? Or more of a semicolon.
1: No, so I'm definitely an overreactor coach. I don't open up emails that I don't recognize the sender from. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely leery of everything that I click on. But I'm talking I, I'm about more. i a free clicker.
2: From a national security standpoint, do you think it's a real threat?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the first thing that they're. And as soon as that happens, watch for the attacks that happen afterwards. Okay, that, I, coach. When you have fourteen year old kids that can get into the you know get past these firewalls and yep. stuff yep
0: i'm
1: I'm sure they've they've got I'm sure there's terrorists out there that have enough smart kids that can work the computer uh-huh. and actually uh can infiltrate stuff
2: yeah when i what I read about it and that's why I marked it down notes for the show in addition to talking about Illinois' big win over minnesota we got to talk about cyber terrorism and possibly the end of the world as we know it. My question to you, and it did worry me. It, it, it was—it's a very real possibility, and Liam Panetta bringing it up it just made it that much more real. My question to you and David Olson is: How do you defend against that?
1: I would think pretty tough. Uh, our guy Robert the Rainman McCune, have a a much much better answer for that, mm-hmm. but uh, I guess you continually, continually uh, change. Uh, passwords i know that might sound kind of simple but i mean like legitimately change them every 10 minutes stuff like that And i mean you you'd have to do a lot of stuff like that and and um you basically have to shut down your systems when you are not using them so mm-hmm. if you basically work for the united states government if you are not on your computer your computer needs to be off now there's unplugged. not
2: there's What's not I mean? one not one company or one location where everything's connected i'm going to sound completely dumb on the internet and the whole cyberspace and everything but you know what i'm getting at it's not like you can't hit one particular thing can you that could shut down everything else
1: yeah why not because as soon as you get in you're in that's my point is like if you work for the united states government you need to unplug your computer shut it off and unplug it because if your computer is plugged in and you, they can actually, these guys, it's unbelievable. What, what they, what, after this whole WikiLeaks thing, with uh, they started to find out what this group Anonymous was doing, Coach. It was mm-hmm. one of the scariest things ever. If your computer was plugged in, and at one point when you were on the computer, they were able to find out one of your passwords, okay? You could be not even at your computer, but your computer is plugged in. They can turn your computer on. Go in and use your computer like you are at it at the time. Wow. It, it's that scary, Coach. And, you know, like Rob was telling me this, and I was like, yeah, whatever. I started reading uh, reading up on this, and that's exactly what that group Anonymous was doing. And you can say right or wrong, they shouldn't have been doing it, but they were trying to point out bad stuff that our government was doing, bad stuff that the Saudi Arabian government was doing, not just the United States, bad stuff that governments were doing all over the world, mind you. So, like, People were like, you guys are anti-American. No, no, they're anti-corruption is what they were doing. Hmm. Imagine somebody that's so... Wholeheartedly wants to destroy a government and attack a people and attack a country. What they would do if they had the capability to do stuff that those uh, that Anonymous was doing, coach.
2: And you don't have to, uh, you know, it's it's a lot easier than the bomb threat or any you know suicide bombings or anything like that because you don't you don't have to technically get through any kind of security. I would think cyber terrorism, sadly, is probably a lot easier than uh, some of the other methods they may have devised.
1: Yeah, well, just as long as they don't get launch codes for nuclear weapons. Stuff like
2: that. Mm-hmm. All right. There's your feel good thought for the weekend, Big Doug. Before I read the article on Liam Panetta, I was looking forward to pitchers and catchers reporting. I was all excited about the weekend, but now the cyber terrorism threat suddenly makes my worries about the Cubs' number five pitcher, not Queen, seem quite so significant.
1: Yeah, I got to admit, Coach, that's uh, uh, me like making real money and other stuff is much more important to me right now than yep. the Chicago Cubs, as much as I, as I do. Yeah. Want stuff like that to be good this year.
2: I hear you. Big Dog, have a great weekend. Anything on the uh, docket plan? Hopefully nothing that can uh, get your passport uh, expiration date extended.
1: Well, uh, sad sad to say, no, just nothing but work, Coach, and uh, watching the, the tape delay of Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Mm-hmm.
2: Beautiful. All right, well, Big Dog, enjoy. We'll talk on Monday, okay? Sounds good, Coach. All right, there it is, the big dog checking in and now checking out. We thank everybody for joining us, not just today, but all week long. We'll be back Monday at 10 o'clock. David Olsen, our producer, outstanding job throughout the week. We also want to thank our assistant engineer, Frank Faulty Wires, who did a great job this week. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic signing off. Have a great weekend, everybody. Monday at 10. Don't be late.